Hey, what's going on, everybody? And thank you for listening to the Social Rec Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Sanchez. And let's go ahead and dive into some of the topics that have been happening around the Social Rec community. So in some recent news that I heard about, uh, Daryl Morey is now the GM of the 76ers. Lost his position or left his position with the Houston Rockets. But now that he's going with the 76ers, there's possible tr- there's, there's rumors about James Harden being a possible trade target going from the Rockets and going back with Maury over to the 76ers. While I think it would be interesting and kind of a, a unique move for the Sixers to take on James Harden, what I really not want to see is Harden leave Houston. I've been a big fan of Harden since he came to Houston. Wasn't a big fan of his whenever he was in OKC, but as you saw that him getting traded from OKC to Houston, he really made a large, huge impact for the city of Houston. Um, The culture he's been able to establish there, especially since McGrady and Yao Ming left years ago, uh, Houston was kind of on the low side of the NBA until James Harden was traded to the Houston Rockets. And really you got to see his game expand as he, as he kind of carried the, as he's been as he's carried this team for the last few years. And I think to see him go, you'll see a definite decline in the, in the basketball culture here in Houston. So although I think it'll be a good move for the 76ers and possibly even a good move for Harden, I don't think it's a good move for, for the Rockets, especially what they've been trying to build here for the, for, for several years. And then just to see the team kind of transition over to Russell Westbrook, um, you, you're still going to be missing a lot of pieces. Harden is definitely one of the most uh, prolific scorers that the NBA has seen uh, in many years. Now, do I think he needs to change his game? Absolutely, because what they're trying to do here in Houston is just not working for them with him just dribble, dribble, shoot, and have everybody just pick a corner or pick a side and go from there. So if they change the offense, I think definitely the the Rockets can have some more success. Now, if the, if the option were to be um, training for James Harden from the 76ers, who would the Rockets rather prefer? Would they prefer a big man in Joel Embiid, who the Rockets have really gone away from playing more small ball? Or would they make a move for point guard Ben Simmons, who has been proven to be more of a facilitator than than a scorer? I just think that with Harden, you have that scoring facilitating combo and you know, you might not need a big man like uh, Embiid, but I think you do need some some um, some players that are big and that can play big in the paint to get you some, you know, put bags, some rebounds, and some some tough basketball. But speaking of the Rockets trying to make changes to to their offense, they do have a new coach since D'Antoni was let go, and it's Steven Silas who was the Mavericks' offensive coordinator for the last few years and has done some amazing things by making the Mavericks. Uh, one of the most efficient offenses, according to you know, stati- be in the in the statistic era of the NBA. So he's helped the Mavericks become a great offensive team. Um, really helped Luca find his game. I've also read that he's dealt with other great players like Stephen Curry and Kemba Walker. So while I'm sad to see him leave the Mavericks and how great they were doing, it's exciting to see him um, go and get a coaching position for a head coaching position, which is what I'm sure he's wanted forever. And especially for it to be with the Rockets, hopefully he can make some changes to the offense just a little bit and help them kind of get over the hump. And it's interesting because, you know, it, it, since Harden has come to Houston, Dallas was kind of on the low end after their, after their championship season and kind of just been in mediocrity for a while. And so 
me being new to Houston in 2012, seeing Harden play in, you know, that era of Jeremy Lin and Chandler Parsons, um, it, it was fun to, to watch them all really play together. And I really, you know, uh, honestly, I, I kind of jumped off the Maverick bandwagon. I've always been on the Maverick bandwagon, but, you know, Mavericks weren't winning. I was here in Houston. Houston was doing great. So it was really fun to watch them play. Uh, so I'm definitely excited to see where Houston goes with this new head coach. And other um, news that's going on, uh, I've been noticing this trend in in Kobe releases, now that I think about it, that, you know, maybe a year or so ago, they were re-releasing Kobe 4s in different colorways with the Pro Troll models. This past year, it's been the Kobe 5 model, which is like my second favorite. And now, uh, I believe the end of this year, starting next year, they're going to start releasing different uh, different models and retro models of the Kobe 6, which is ultimately my favorite model because it has that snake skin type of texture, which was really interesting whenever the model first dropped um, back in the early 2000s. And just the model of it, the midsole of it, the snake skin feature, the different colors, I personally purchased the the Concord colorway, which is a grayscale, uh, light grayscale upper, and the Concord purple around the shoe. Definitely uh, my favorite Kobe model, just because of its uniqueness, its, its storytelling. It was supposed it's supposed to represent um, Kobe, may you rest in peace, as his alter ego of the Black Mamba. So to see that to see that snakeskin texture on the shoe was really a, a game changer early on in the two thousands. And the last thing we we've kind of found out. Um, I know people were kind of upset when they found out that Miles Morales is not going to be wearing the the Nike Air Jordan 1 model in his new video game like he did for the uh, Into the Spider-Verse movie. But um, Nike is not doing it, so in steps, steps in Adidas. And so Marvel and PlayStation are in Adidas. They're going to do a Spider-Man Miles Morales collaboration, and I'm fairly excited for I think that you know Adidas has been kind of on the downside lately. I think this collaboration can really help kind of propel them. And the superstar, Adidas superstar, has always been a, a classic model that kind of kind of uh, uh, rivals the the Air Force One. Does it have a lot of popularity as the Air Force One? No, but I know myself growing up, the superstar Shelto was always a fun model to to kind of rock and uh, and play with. So it's going to be exciting to see you know. Adidas do a collab with the video game slash with Marvel as well. And we'll see, you know, maybe the price point on that shoe isn't too much and it's uh, accessible for others to get because trying to get that Jordan 1 um, origin story was really impossible. Although it was a great shoe, um, it's super expensive now. So to see Adidas jump into the, the gaming world and do a collab with them, I'm pretty interested to see. I think the model looks pretty interesting. It's it's got a you know black and red upper with some nods to the Miles Morales Spider Man costume, um, like the the kind of webbing. So it's gonna be interesting to see you know the boxing, the the marketing for it, and uh, and it's gonna be it's gonna be fun, you know. And of course, there's a plenty there's plenty of other releases going on in the world. Um, your Jordan your Jordan ones. I saw that uh, some Reebok is doing some collaborations, of course, but um. Yeah, so that's all the stuff that's kind of going on throughout the world right now. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about um, some different things that I have been using for sneaker entertainment. So hopefully you have an interest in it, and go out and check out some of this stuff for yourself. Be right back. 
and welcome back to the Social Rec Podcast, everybody. So before we took a break, I wanted to talk to you um, today. The topic today is just different forms of sneaker entertainment that I kind of indulge in and I really um, love to learn about and, and find different things, see what is out there, see what other people are doing. And so I really broke it into about four different categories. I broke it into the listening feature, an audio feature that I listen to, you know, on my way to work, on my way home from work during some downtime. And I've really found this, this podcast, this other podcast to be extremely interesting. The other um, form of entertainment is, of course, um, watching, seeing on Netflix or some movies, some visual as well, um, a reading option, this book that I'm currently reading, and this other kind of informational um, biography stuff. So the first one I wanted to talk to you all about is this podcast I've re- I've recently been listening to, and you can find it on you know any of your podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Google, and I've been listening to um, the Complex Sneaker Podcast with Joe LaPuma, Matt Welty, and Brendan Dune which is, it's been really interesting to listen to, you know, it was, it was kind of hard for me to listen to at first because it just felt like they were just kind of rambling on and talking about their different stories and the different things that they do. But then as I kept listening um, to different, to different episodes, it just seems like, okay, no, these people are giving you information about their careers, um, how they started different come-ups, you know, different people that they've had to work with, different um, jobs they've had, and how ultimately they got into their role as uh, into the sneaker industry. You know, Joe LaPuma working with Complex. The other two, I'm not too sure what they do, but they seem to have, you know, pretty popular um, communities. And what they do, I believe Matt Welty and Brendan Dune have created their own book. Um, and they, you know, they have different stories as well for how they ended up in the sneaker industry. So if you're looking for ways to get into the sneaker industry, I highly recommend listening to their podcast. They also have different people come on and talk about, um, how they got into the, into the sneaker industry, um, different retail places that they used to work with different shops, um, different stories. And so it's just good to hear, uh, those different things that they talk about and, you know, really just hear the stories as well, because I can kind of relate to them with some of the things that they're saying on how they got started. So it's kind of a, a push for me as well to to kind of work my way in the sneaker industry. And it kind of this is what Social Rec is all about, is just hearing different stories, hearing different things that they, they've done to get into the sneaker industry, sneaker stories. Um, so, yeah, it's a really good it's a really good um, podcast, it's depending on what you like to listen to, something short, something long, and it kind of really falls into the long category with episodes being over 50 minutes, sometimes even over an hour or even an hour and a half. So definitely give it a listen. Social Rec, the, uh, the Complex Sneakers podcast, um, subscribe to it, follow it, all that good stuff, a lot of good interesting information that they give you there. The next thing I wanted to talk about is, uh, you know, maybe you have, maybe you haven't seen it. My wife and I surely enjoyed it because we thought it was an interesting portrayal of people that are highly interested in shoes, especially in this new modern era. But it's called Sneakerheads, and it's on Netflix. And so it, I, I thought it was going to be a movie when I first saw the trailer for it. I even thought it was going to be more of a documentary. But then as you as you start watching it, you realize that it's a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a small series. It only has, I think it was only about, you know, eight or eight or nine episodes. Looking at the front, actually it's about six episodes. But uh, 
it was funny because it shows the journey of, you know, the character going through. Um, now he's he's grown. He's an adult. He has a family. He has kids. He's married. You know, all those things that kind of pull us away from the shoe game. And now he's being dragged back in over a pair that he really just really wants to purchase as he goes through trying to find this shoe. His friend, his other friend kind of drags him back into the to the new world of selling and reselling and social media and hunting for different holy grails and kind of just putting your whole life savings into buying different shoes, these different schemes to kind of get rich. And so it really showed you kind of the underbelly of the of the sneaker reselling world. That's pretty crazy. I myself wouldn't say I would go and spend, you know, five G's on a on a storage locker just to get some shoes. But hey, I, I believe that it's it, it's happening out there. But as you go through the story, you see the different character development. You see the issues that are going along the way and how he just kind of wishes he was still his younger self recording, uh, recording, collecting kicks just for fun. But I think as you grow up, you kind of have to find that balance between being an adult and still doing things that you that you want and while supporting your family. So the story, I mean, the story is pretty interesting. If you haven't given it a, given it a look yet, go out and watch it. Sneakerheads on Netflix. It's a, it's a really it's it has its funny moments. It has its silly moments. There's a there's a nod to to Mark Wahlberg. I'm doing some air quotes there, but it's really fun. It was really interesting. So I'm hoping that they do a second season to see where where else the characters go, or maybe do it from a different portrayal. But the characters were great. They were funny. I really liked them, and I hope they'd come back and do multiple seasons. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about for a form of entertainment that I'm currently uh, reading is this is this book called Kicks. The Great American Story of Sneakers, and it's by Nicholas Smith. So funny story, the way I came across this book was um, a student was reading it in, in my class last year, and he said, hey, Mr. Sanchez, if you are if you want, you can go ahead and read it. And so I had it in my desk, and once the whole pandemic hit, well, I never saw said student again, so I took it as Hey, he gave me this. He gave me this great, this great gift. So I'm gonna read it and see what it's all about. And it's been very interesting to hear how sneakers kind of got started here in uh, in America and some of the different things that we that we know about sneakers and we don't know about sneakers. So I want to just read, you know, the little excerpt that's on that's in the in the on the side of the book. So it says it's got to be the shoes. When Spike Lee said it to Michael Jordan in 1989 commercial, it was with a wink and a nod. What makes MJ so good? His Nike Air Jordan 3s, of course. But as Nicholas Smith reveals in his captivating story, history, Lee's conclusion also speaks to the sneaker's surprising journey into the heart of American life. In Kicks, we follow the humble athletic shoe from the croquet courts of the elite to the of the elite to fields, parks, and streets everywhere, and we watch as sneakers become the calling card for California skaters and New York MCs, the spark of riots and gang violence the heart of a global economic controversy, the muse of haute couture, and linchpin in the transformation of big sports into big business. Along the way, we meet the visionaries of sneaker history. Genius rubber inventor Charles Goodyear risking everything, again and again, to get his formula right, the warring brothers who started dueling global, who started dueling global shoe empires, road warrior Chuck Taylor hawking shoes out of his trunk, 
the hard-charging, Shakespeare-quoting track coach who changed his sport by pouring rubber into his waffle iron, and many more mavericks, hustlers, and dreamers. With the footprint as broad as its subject, Kicks introduces us to the sneakers' unexpectedly influential, enduring, and evolving legacy. So I'm probably about a quarter of the way through the book, and I've learned so much more that I didn't even know that there was the history, of course, where everything kind of started from, but just a real deep dive into it. So if you're looking for something about you know the history of Kicks or information about Kicks, definitely pick up that book and, and see see what it's all about. I'm currently reading the chapter on uh, on Bill Bowerman and Nike. And so it's, you know, I know a, a, a lot about it, but just to see the little de- little minute details is interesting as well. All right. And so the last thing I wanted to to kind of introduce about and something that I really, I really personally enjoy watching is another mini series on Netflix. It's called Abstract. And if you go into Abstract, Abstract is just a different... Um, Abstract is just a like a cre- like a creative genius kind of kind of different um, mini documentaries. So it's just focusing on the art of design with social media, um, um, bio arch- architecture, costume design, um, the stuff for play, digital design, um, typeface. So there's all these different different designers that design different things, cars. Um, illustrations, stage, architecture, automotive. But the one that really stuck out to me the most and that I I personally love and always find inspiration from is this mini documentary from Tinker Hatfield. If you don't know who Tinker Hatfield is in the shoe industry, then what are you really doing in the shoe industry? I mean, Tinker Hatfield, I can do a whole podcast on Tinker Hatfield. But for the sake of this, I'm not going to. I'll just save that for another day. But if you go and you watch Abstract, in season one, there is a mini documentary on Tinker Hatfield, and it focuses on footwear design. It's about 42 minutes long, but it's, it's you know, if you're just one of those that likes to have Netflix on in the background, I would say this is maybe one of those shows to do it, but then you might get caught up in what they're showing. Because I can watch this episode over and over again and always find inspiration. But it shows how he got his start into the sneaker industry because ultimately he wanted to be in architecture when he went to the university of oregon so he wanted to be in architecture he was an athlete at the university of oregon but certain circumstances caused him to um end his athletic career but luckily he got he got pulled into the sneaker industry so if you know these pieces had these certain certain events had to have happened in order for tinker hatfield to be where we are today with jordan with Nike with the Air Max with the Air Mag with you know all these different shoes that have happened in the 20 30 years that he's been in the industry and it all it all transpired from you know probably one of the worst events of of his life so like I said it's it's a great documentary shows how he started shows his his role in the in the you know in the Jordan in the Jordan legacy in the Jordan line his his work after that how he's you know, moved us into this new era of self-lacing sneakers. Um, and, you know, Tinker had it, but it was just, he, he is a legend in the, in the sneaker industry. Right. So give that, give that a, a, a watch. If you have some free time, go out and definitely, you know, see if you're interested in reading about kicks, um, watch the show Sneakerheads on Netflix, and definitely take a listen to the complex sneaker podcast in your own free time. 
that's going to do it for me today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, I'll be rolling out some more content, hopefully trying to do an episode every single week. If not, you know, I'll be rolling out some content on the website, um, socialrec.blog. And you can also follow me uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Just to search up social, uh, social rec. Everybody have a great day and we'll see you all next time. Thank you.